market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Good Thursday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures uh, basically flat on this first full day of the Biden White House as the one-year anniversary happens today of the first documented COVID case in the U.S. Lots of earnings and macro data, including jobless claims, 900K. Our roadmap begins with the Biden agenda and investor sentiment. Wall Street set to try to extend its uh, record rally at the open. Plus, COVID deaths hitting a new record. It is one year, as Carl said, since the first confirmed case here in the U.S. A look at how the new administration hopes to contain contain this pandemic. And the top S&P performer so far this year, well, if you're watching yesterday, you know, it's General Motors. It's up 36% so far. And the month of January is not even over. We're going to break down what has been behind that rally, Carl. Even better than Tesla. <laughs> yes. And Adam Jonas on Squawk with some interesting comments about the turnaround there. Uh, Jim, it's going to be a a big day for policy as it pertains to COVID. We're expecting more executive orders and actions regarding vaccinations, testing, hospitals, new public dashboards. And Fauci will uh, join the press briefing at four o'clock as he becomes the U.S.'s representative as we rejoin World Health Organization and COVAX. Look, I I think anyone who reads the uh, president's a 21-page white paper on how to handle the vaccine, comes back and says, you know what, it's going to be a federal effort. Uh, And that is very different from what we have now. Uh, The federals will also pay for a lot of it. That's very different. So people aren't overburdened. Uh, There's going to be tremendous accountability. There's obviously an uh, emphasis on masks. There's not a contempt for public health officials who want to change the way we lead our lives. And I think there was a contempt before uh, and was it oblique? Eh, someone it was right in your face. Uh, Dr. Fauci, what, what will Dr. Fauci be like? Is he Prometheus unbound, perhaps? But uh, without a doubt, when you read the policy paper, you realize something, Carl, that's incredible. There's a policy. Hmm. Jim, does that mean the market is bracing for more um, restrictions, lockdowns, or, uh, you know, uh, borders, limitations on economic activity, or is this about solving a larger problem and hopefully coming out brighter on the other side? I think it's the latter, Carl. I would point out that uh, the great question mark in this country is, do you take the vaccine? And if you want to, can you get it? So two question marks. Uh, This uh, white paper and, and President Biden's view are about solving those two questions. And if you solve those two questions, then you're going to have more economic activity rather than less. Again, I want to talk about uh, the idea warp speed worked, but what didn't work was the uh, this uh, incredible morass about getting the vaccines to you. Uh, and also, of course, the idea of do we have J&J, do we not? There's uh, there is absolutely a, a, a before uh, uh, under under President Trump, uh, there was something that almost no one understood. I, David, I like the idea that there's even public-private partnership. But it's the attitude, David. It's the attitude that maybe we need to be uh, bow down to the disease a little more in order to beat it. How about that? Jim, was there a plan? Was there really a plan for distribution? What, under President Trump? Correct. Well, there were multiple plans, and that meant that there were no plans. 
there was no plan. I mean, it was supposed to be CBS, supposed to be Walgreens, public health officials, public-private partnership, states, military, uh, uh, Federal Express. You know, it was all fiasco, but everyone was afraid to say anything because I think they so feared President Trump they couldn't come out. Maybe even Dr. Fauci did. I mean, there was just this amazing, David, incredible desire to not be fingered on Twitter, uh, to not be ridiculed by the president of the United States to not come out and tell what I regard as being the unvarnished truth, because, David, the retribution was so great that almost any of the 330 million Americans could handle. No one could handle that man's, uh, let's say, his revenge. And so it became kind of like, I don't want to be tagged. I don't want to be your it. And I think there are a lot of people who now will come out and admit that the vials were lost, that uh, that the vials went bad, that the vials are here. But before that, David, why would you ever take your reputation at hand? How do you know that you won't wouldn't be tweeted at and destroyed? Mm. Why not? Yeah. Why take the chance, David? I guess. No, listen, there are plenty who wouldn't or didn't. Uh, there are others, obviously, who weathered the storm well. Who is that? Weathered, uh, I think Jeff Bezos did fine over the last four years even though he was tweeted at many times? Bezos did. Yeah. I mean, maybe now, be the arguably one of the, world, one of the more powerful men in the country. Second richest man, maybe yeah. that. You know, he doesn't play for dinner, that fellow. No, he does not. He does not. He just kept going. But, you know, some people like packing. that, David. Some people like a strong president who can destroy people at the... Well, strength is defined in different ways, isn't it? It's well, not clear to me that that's strong in the way that I think about strong, or you do. No. But... Uh, the president didn't like the fact that my show was up against his briefings. Um, but, Carl, we are obviously in a Biden administration now, uh, and they still have that goal of 100 million uh, people vaccinated in 100 days. And we're starting the countdown. Today is day one or day two. I don't know. Did they start it yep. yesterday? Maybe yesterday. Uh, and so yep. they got to ramp up fast. There's no doubt about that. Well, and they're facing shortages in places like our own city of New York where they're going to stop. Right. Twenty two thousand people who are scheduled to be vaccinated are not going to be because they don't have the vaccine. Yeah, uh, it's true. We heard from uh, Pfizer. Pfizer has them. Sorry. Right? Yeah. Pfizer has them. Moderna has them. They all got them. It's just this kind of strange bottleneck, Carl, where um, the, the federal to state. To, I mean, the, the, right now, if you're in uh, New Jersey, it's the Union County Public Health Department that's in charge. And I, I challenge anyone to get them on the phone and tell, them, tell us exactly where we can get the vaccine. How did that happen? I mean, I would go to them as an inn owner to say, do I meet the public health requirements of owning the inn? Uh, in New York, I would ask the public health department whether my restaurants are clean enough. But the idea that they're in charge, I mean, it's, it, they've right. been asked to do, Carl, they've been asked to do miracles. It's, it's not fair. Yeah. Well, there's a growing sense, I think, this morning, Jim, that the prior administration uh, really focused on the fact that a vaccine had been developed, period, Mm -hmm. and that uh, they left open the question of how they were going to actually get it into arms. By the way, um, I want to talk about Amazon because they play into this to some degree, as we now know. Uh, But Fauci early this morning did talk about the United States rejoining the multilateral effort, uh, multi-country effort to accelerate the distribution of vaccine. Here's what he said. The United States plans to work multilaterally to respond to and recover from the COVID-19 pandemic. President Biden will issue a a directive later today, which will include the intent of the United States to join COVAX 
and support the ACT Accelerator to advance multilateral efforts for COVID-19 vaccine, therapeutic and diagnostic distribution, equitable access, and research and development. By the way, his appearance today uh, with Jen Psaki at the press briefing, Jim, will be his first since November 22nd. Uh, so I guess you, we read this as a market positive. November 22nd was pretty much when it ended, when uh, you knew that there's a vaccine, but uh, the president kind of, you know, that's when they shunted it off. Uh, uh, it's not clear whether the president was really involved day to day once he lost, or once he, uh, the country thought he lost. Uh, but uh, Dr. Fauci's being Dr. Fauci. That's a Dr. Fauci I know who uh, conquered AIDS and had a game plan. And, and it's very interesting just to hear him. Uh, it's kind of uh, I find it refreshing, David, uh, the, the top health official talking. Right. Right. I, I find it refreshing. David. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, I am seeing here on Twitter that we're averaging close to a, th- a million vaccines a day for the last five days. So I want to keep a close eye on that. Uh, Jim, while you were talking about this, of course, we brought up your covid index. Yeah. Love to get back to stocks um, here. You know, all that we're talking about here, does that continue to run uh, or Almost. as we get to a million a day, as we potentially get to 100 million in 100 days? Do you have to change either the composition of that or do you start to say, all right, it's time to take some money out? Absolutely. The stay at home part of the index will drop off. Witness what happened with Proctor yesterday. Uh, Then there's just this kind of secular gain. I mean, is Zoom going to drop off? Zoom's going to accelerate. DocuSign going to drop. DocuSign accelerates. I mean, a lot of these companies have been uh, shown to be much better ways to do business in the same way that when you listen to these CEOs, it's very funny. They don't want to say, look, we make a lot more money if people don't go anywhere uh, because they're all afraid that maybe one company, David, will make a sales trip while they do a Zoom trip. But I think that (laughs) Zoom keeps innovating. Uh, Some of the companies in that index just keep to teledoc, just keeps innovating. Uh, Netflix. I mean, did you listen? Did you watch or listen to that call, David? I did. And, and did I, you start watching Lupin? I mean, what did I, you? We do? haven't started watching Lupin yet, but I think we will. I Don't you find will. that his conference calls really tells you what to do? Yes. I find when I listen to it, Carl, this is very true. When I listen to it, I we're I talking just, Netflix now, yeah. by the way, not Zoom. Uh, yeah, I which, just, Netflix, by the way, which was up what 16 percent by the end of the day. Yesterday. That's okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, Carl, I find that when I listen to Reed. I realized, listen, okay, so you did the gambit and you did that one, the, the um, you know, the one that, that my Queen's wife gambit. watched. Which the, one? The one yeah. that my wife binged on this weekend so I could watch football. I don't know which one. Carl that knows R- which Bridgerton? one. Bridgerton? Bridgerton, Oh, yeah. my God. That my wife a, and daughter that, went nuts with that one. Well, yeah. that, that allowed that, my, me to watch the Bills game. Yeah. Me too. I was able to go game, in the other room. The Chiefs and, game. I know. That was, but thank you, Reed, for dropping that so the guys can watch football. It's gender neutral. But, Carl, the conference <laughs> call, from the other there's room. a lot of the conference call is about what you should watch. And I always right. find I, I have discovered the wonder of subtitles, Carl. I used to think if it was subtitles, it was like the umbrellas of Sherborg. Get that the hell out. Now, that's for reference to... You're probably, David, you were not even in the womb. But mm. you get, you know, Carl, that is a conference call which just says, you know what, go bring it on. Here's what we're bringing. And I find that I, yeah. then I go quarter to quarter. I listen, then I watch all the things he tells me in the quarter, and then I, when he does the next report, I get those new ads, new uh, 
pup, the new movies, well, the new series. Speaking on the on the flip side, Jim, you talk about people going places. Uh, United is a story today. A yeah. Wider than expected loss. Revenue miss. Uh, Kirby on Squawk Box earlier this morning saying it's hard to give a forecast for break even because the cancellation rates are so elevated and demand is essentially flatlined. Here's what he said. But the good news is that regardless of what happens in the near term, uh, we have real confidence in the long term uh, and that there is a recovery, that there's a lot of pent-up demand for air travel. But until we can put, as a society, coronavirus in the rearview mirror, uh, it's going to continue to be a tough environment for aviation, for everyone that's involved in travel, tourism, and leisure. Cash burn at $33 million a day, Jim, is, is way above Delta's. Yeah, I, and then I listened to that, and I just said, you know, bring it on. Let's get the... Let's get a PCR test there. There's a company uh, called Visby that you can get them instantly. Let's get uh, – he's hostage to – he's got a lot of international roots. He's hostage to the vaccine. And, and, David, when I listen to Kirby, I just think, you know, I look at the roots. I look where you have to go. I look where I, you might next be next to someone who, who might have COVID, even though, of course, David, the air – planes are actually much safer yes, than we Yes, we've learned that airplanes well, but, are not. But most people haven't learned, or they well, think that the next person, the person next to them is going to well, fall listen, forward. It also involves being in the airport. It also involves the possibility that somebody's not going to be wearing a mask. It also involves just the heightened tension of the entire trip itself, where if somebody is unmasked or takes it off. I mean, there's a lot of different things that go along with it, Jim, that don't necessarily mean you're going to get COVID, but that can be unpleasant at this point. Yeah. Well, I'm traveling, and I don't mind. You don't mind? Not at all. Safest place to be. You traveling again soon? Yeah, well, I don't know. Will you take me with you? I'm going to Florida. Really? <laughs> See my wife. Can I come? Yeah, my uh, wife likes you. Would you mind? My wife likes Carly. I really need you. to get away. All right, come with me. Okay, Let's, thank you. It'll it's be a, like Squawk in the old days when Haynes would take us to Palm Beach. Yeah, road trip. Ah, oh, Carl, now you got me thinking. Remember Boca? <laughs> Let's go to Boca. How about Williamsburg? I'll go there. Really? I'll go anywhere. Your vacation starved, my friend. Yes, I had to cancel our last one. Uh, How about right. the Poconos? Maybe not there. Okay. <laughs> Guys, we'll take a break here as we uh, make our travel plans uh, during the commercial. we got a lot to get to, including, as we said, Adam Jonas from Morgan Stanley on GM's uh, monster year so far. Uh, Amazon, of course, B of A names a talk pick, goes to 4,000. Uh, there's a look at futures. We're back in a minute. Top performing S&P name of the year so far, it's GM, up 34%, 35% given this morning's gains on the new electric vehicle and autonomous strategy. Morgan Stanley's Adam Jonas talked about it this morning on Squawk. I'm just going to go out and say it. What, what Mary Barra and the team uh, are doing at GM, uh, and look, there's still room to go, but what they're doing may be may end up being one of the most profound strategic turnarounds, not just in the auto industry, but in business. Jim, Ford's up 23, but obviously nowhere close to GM so far for 2021. Look, I, I, I think that both of these are, are very different and very good. They're coming out hot. Uh, GM is a, a really a story of Mary Barra spending far more money and time than people realize on electric vehicles. We have SPACs that are worth almost as much as GM that are, just have like a, a battery. I mean, it's kind of crazy. Uh, unlocking a lot of value. Don't forget also uh, China. Ford, I think, is very interesting for a different reason. Uh, Jim Farley is getting out of the business of making cars in places he ha- uh, that they didn't make any money.
money. Brazil, they're still selling trucks. They're just not making them anymore. Big cash charges that previous administrations at Ford have refused to take. He's swallowing the medicine everywhere. Uh, they got an electrified F-150 coming out not that far from now. They have the uh, what I regard as being uh, the hottest, hottest truck in the world right now, which is the Bronco. They can't make enough. And I, I think that Farley is uniquely challenged by the semiconductor shortage, given the fact that they have so much demand. These David Ford and GM are not Tesla, but they're not as bad as people think. No. And then to your point, I mean, there are a lot of industrial products right now as well that have very low inventories, which people believe will keep prices fairly high um, overall. And I'm not just talking about vehicle sales and cars more broadly and yeah. houses. There's yeah. just very little. There, it's almost as if, Carl, what happened is a lot of companies thought that this was that the shutdown was going to last longer. A lot of companies felt that the country was going to be uh, this is the K recovery versus the U, that we'd have a U recovery or a V or a W. But it turned out to be K. The people who have jobs are doing incredibly well and they're getting even more money. Thank you, uh, federal government. And the people who don't are uh, buying used cars. you got to have a used car in order to be able to go to your job. So both are doing well. CarMax was, uh, thank you, Brian Sullivan, for uh, showing us this. Uh, it was number three best performer this year, Occidental, in a major turnaround uh, that is shocking to some of us, uh, is uh, also doing well. But GM is a star, and Mary Barr is a star, and is getting the um, uh, let's, getting the, plut- the uh, plaudits that she really does deserve. Yeah, it's been an amazing run of news between uh, the, new, the new vehicles, uh, the Microsoft investment in Cruise, and a lot more. Uh, we'll get to some of the upgrades this morning as well that we've got on Fastly, uh, PayPal, Under Armour's in there as well, plus Kramer's Mad Dash in a minute. Welcome back. Let's get to a mad dash before we count you down to the opening bell, as you see, uh, about, what, seven minutes or so from now. Amazon is the feature. Uh, Bank of America has what I regard as a backhanded compliment, damning with faint praise, saying tougher comps ahead, but still the one to own. Slower growth in second quarter, but still the one to own. Spend a huge amount of money on COVID, still the one to own. David, when I look at this, I feel like it's like I should sell Amazon. But you know what? Amazon is still the king. And don't forget, the uh, consumer person said, listen, I'll get involved with that you know, public-private partnership on yeah. distributing the vaccine. That would be great. A lot of people are saying, well, the vaccine uh, distribution is going really well. Um, I think that it's not done very evenly. No, although people are pointing out on Twitter we are hitting an average of about 900,000 a day, so not far off a million, or maybe even close well, to a million. I mean, so when if we do the hundred million, when do we get that? Using that policy, yeah. Mm. Um, but as for Amazon, um, and interesting, of course, what they did with Parler. Remember, kicking yes. them off AWS yes. in terms of the power well, of that. Well, advertising platform. is the secret here. And well, you've advertising is such forever. incredibly high margins. Right. And even if you don't have a huge dollar number, the profitability of it, as with AWS, is enormous. And of course. Those businesses are far more profitable than the main business, which right. is still selling stuff and bringing it to people's homes. But they're talking about pricing pressure in cloud. Again, Amazon Web Services has absorbed something like 50 price cuts, and it is still very successful. Now, what is Bank of America really trying to do here? I think it's a lowball best of show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not unlike, let's say you put out uh, Netflix, okay, and you said it's going to be good, and then it comes out great. I think this piece allows you to have a bar that Amazon can crush. 
And they spent so much money. They spent on, so much money last year, on though. COVID I mean, on COVID expenses. So much. Many billions. And, of course, then we've also talked about the incredible hiring that right. they did in 2020. I you, mean, those numbers right. were, we've never seen anything like that uh, for Nothing. one corporation. And the, you add my COVID index up. Amazon is a company that will do better now because they spent a fortune when they had to. Right. Uh, all right. We got an opening bell a few minutes away. Stay with us. A lot more Squawk in the Street. Keep your eye on Apple today, along with Amazon. Morgan Stanley's Katie Huberty, Jim, says the 12 is tracking ahead, uh, looking for a record quarter in December. Um, 5% above consensus on earnings and uh, bull case 200. Uh, their target's 152. That was such a good report. Remember, she does always have the inside track, I find. And one of the things I really liked about it is she's talking about uh, you're, you're getting uh, a kind of a low ball. She's saying solid, uh, but not great December results. That's what I want to see. I want to see everything tempered, and that allows them to do well. They got a 5 to 7% ahead of the consensus. Uh, obviously, you're talking about just a huge number of phones being sold, wearables. I mean, people are talking about the glasses, too. I think that that's dross. But when Katie Huberty goes in and gives her that price target and raises, she takes her price target so seriously. Right? We should all tell people at home, most of these people just like it's like throwing darts on price targets. She goes from 144 to 152, and I think that was just incredible. Tony Saganegi again dragged in to say something positive. He's got a hold on. He's over <laughs> at, at Bernstein. And da- David, I just want to point, Tony, super nice. Uh-oh. You niced him? No, I super niced him. You super niced him. Yeah, I didn't just nice him. Hey, look, it'll be on Scott Wapner. I'll have him one. You'll see how nice he is. He's also very smart and rigorous. No, I, Come on. He, become, look, I've be, known Tony forever. Yeah, of course He's yeah. very good, and he does quality work, but oftentimes may reach a different conclusion. The finest work, but a different conclusion. And I respect it. I just want his work. Right. I don't want his price target. Where you he, know, I want his work. Carl, that's what's important with Tony Saganegi is work. Yeah. Yeah, I, he, his his uh, his view this morning is a little more tempered. Yeah. Uh, Katie's note, though, Jim, interesting. You know, there's this growing sense that well, consumers upgraded during the year last year. They're not going to do it again. Her survey indicates intentions on electronics and PCs, accessories at large, are still at nine month highs at the end of the year. Yeah, so this, that'll be interesting. We're still uh, working at home, and I think it's going to be a hybrid strategy. Everybody's going to die. Many people are going to adopt the hybrid strategy. Uh, the Huawei weakness is important. A shout out, David, to uh, Peter Navarro. Uh, who worked? He worked in the um, in, in the previous administration. He was instrumental in crippling Huawei. David, mm. Peter Navarro. You got to say it twice. Well, I got him on speed dial. Yeah, I think you can delete that. Really, you would take that out of the speed dial. I would. I would. That would be my advice. What to you? It's under P. You should really? have done it a while ago. Well, I mean, I don't know. I don't have you on speed dial. I got him. Yeah, okay, I, that's a little surprising to me as well. You've managed to find I've actually it. never spoken to Peter Navarro. <laughs> I don't believe that either. Since <laughs> I was next to you um, and talked By the way, you used, to talk about, you used to talk about Kodak as a Navarro SPAC. Which that was well, a Navarro SPAC. Always got to laugh out of me. SPACs. Always. That one was funny. Oh, um, I know Navarro for 40 years. Uh, yeah. Break. All right. Well, anyway, as for break. SPACs, 
They continue, guys, at a, a record pace, a pace that we've really never seen anything like it, contributing fees across Wall Street, giving uh, hedge funds all sorts of trading opportunities. Many who perhaps are in the event, event-driven area now focusing on SPACs because of the opportunity they provide. If you want to buy the warrants, yeah. or, you know, there's so many different trading way, uh, opportunities. And then obviously some can go in on these pipes. You know that this far, so far in 2021, we've had 59 SPAC offerings. 59 in, what are we, day 21 of the month? Uh, there's the CNBC SPAC 50. I've got to talk to you about what that measures. SPAC it, 50. Yeah. I, I, it's, it's oh. yeah, take it down. Uh, but 59 so far. And 2019, we had 59 in total. That just gives you a sense as to where we are. Less than a month into the year, 59 SPACs. By the way, thanks to our friends at SPAC Analytics. Just SPAC yesterday, Analytics. Just yesterday, yeah. Fifth Wall, 250 million. Crescent Cove, 200 million. Gore is seven. Gore's is up to seven. Gore's has got a lot going. Now, they started in 2015. There yeah. it is, 59 so far. Uh, G-squared Ascend. Kensington 2. They You'll notice a lot of them. Fusion 2. Scion 2. Altamart 2. A lot of them are on 2, 3, 4. You heard Sternlick this morning. He's on Jaws 3. three. And, you know, uh, Andrew and the gang were talking to Barry about SPACs. This is a guy who's sponsoring them, obviously. But he did have some, uh, well, some words that at least should... Uh, Bring caution uh, to those who are looking at the sector. Take a listen to Mr. Sternland. I'm just watching and, and astonished. You know, companies that I passed on for $5 billion trading at $20 billion market caps with 1% gross margins and completely undefendable businesses with new competitors taking their lunch. That doesn't sound great, does it, Jim? No, but look, it's a free-for-all. We've never seen anything like it. The projections, you're allowed to make whatever you want. They're... The government isn't going to rein them in. It's a new way to come public that doesn't have any sort of scrutiny whatsoever. Well, it's got uh, some scrutiny from the existing shareholders. But, but to your worked. point, the SPAC is the one that files, obviously, to go public. It's a blank check company. Right. And then when they buy the other company, that's their agreement. And so the disclosure requirements are not quite as strong in right. terms of at least putting out projections that you are bound to. We have very little Wall Street research on these. Now, you could say Wall Street research is just a canard and these people don't do anything. But, I mean, for instance, UTS, which is a potato chip company. They have done remarkably. They've made a couple acquisitions. They are a followed stock. You're, there are ways you can be able to analyze it. I like that. I find it very hard to analyze. What's the matter? Oh, nothing. Continue. I find it very hard to analyze a lot of these companies because what they tell you is they're going to do fabulously. And I almost like the way that the SEC wants you to do is put out some numbers, but, I, but not tell you they're going to do fabulously. I mean, I, I don't know. But if you bought a lot of these at 10, you're making some money. You know, yeah. Even the, before the a lot of them announced their deals, Carl, you, you don't, many of them go up, which is which is somewhat uh, somewhat questionable, uh, as we pointed out, the likes of CCIV, for example, on rumors of deals. But uh, we got more coming. In fact, we'll have more next week. I know every day is a new pricing and then companies announcing their deals. Um, Mr. Stern looked amongst them, despite the yeah. fact that he seems uh, somewhat skeptical of some of the other deals he's seeing out there. Well, Carl, my lightning round and mad money, it has become uh, I, I am working. I, I didn't go to sleep Monday night. But it's OK. I, a lot of times I don't go to sleep. And I just did nothing but SPACs just so that, like, I'm ready in the lightning round. I mean, it is hard. You know, when you're doing readings about SPACs between 1 and 3 a.m. and it's Kensington and Churchill, you start thinking, well, you, you, hold it. Like, what, what's the point here? But. The viewers love these, and they're all, they just love SPACs. 
So what are you going to do? Just say, hey, listen, I don't know that one. You got to learn it. Blank check. You can't just say blank check. That doesn't mean anything. I left the blank check for my painter. That was good. I've known the guy for a long time. <laughs> just let me know what I owe you. Yeah, Jim. Um, it's a whole other library of, uh, of tickers to learn. Um, Travelers is adding a lot to the Dow, Jim. By the way, we got a record high on the Dow and a record high on the Nasdaq. But Travelers blows it out, 491, well above 318. Uh, record 8.4% jump in renewal premiums, uh, lower catastrophe claims. It's not often you see uh, TVL or TRV uh, lead the Dow. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like the, you know, they do better in a, in a COVID environment. They don't have... I don't have to pay as much to, to different people. Travelers is, is back. I, I like what, uh, what the company's doing right now. And I do think that people are bored by insurers. They want something that they can be, it's more accessible. They don't want to learn what a combined ratio is. But I know Travelers as being the company that has always been an amazing underwriter. And David, when you're an amazing underwriter, you don't make a lot of mistakes. And that's what Travelers, they do not make a lot of mistakes. They will not write where they're going to lose money. Right. They'll move out of a business. Yes. Or they'll price it to an extent that they don't get the business, right. which they don't want. Have you ever used them? I have. I remember using them for car insurance at one point, and then suddenly it became unaffordable. Uh, and they, it's because they didn't want to write it anymore. Right. Well, because they sure. actually take They knew the actual zip code and building right. that Bar San Miguel was in when I wanted my workers' comp. Carl, they're an amazing company. I'm glad they're getting some reward for it, even if it's as boring as... Big. Jeez, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something. Bridgerton? Bridgerton? What about Bridgerton? I'm trying to figure <laughs> out the, the analogy to travel, you know, travelers. No, Bridgerton, Bridgerton I, was, seemed very exciting, from, judging from the laughing and screaming that was going on in the other room. Was it a SPAC? <laughs> it's not a SPAC yet. SPAC. Although, <laughs> she could probably do a SPAC, right, Carl? Uh, the lady at Netflix, that was one of her shows. She's oh, the, Shonda Rhimes? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Yes. You yeah. have the Queen's Gambit SPAC? Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what. I mean, it's definitely uh, some validation of the big money deals that Netflix was handing out. Oh, uh, it's definitely yes. gotten some legs. Um, Travelers uh, leads the S&P, Jim, right underneath his Under Armour as uh, Deutsche goes to buy 22 Target, basically saying they've done a complete reset on costs. Right. And they see margins uh, maybe up 40 percent from, la- from 2019. Uh, when I read that upgrade, I said to myself, here's what's going on. Under Armour, not as bad as they used to be. I mean, I, I, the reset's fine. They've got uh, Steph Curry. Uh, look, this group is starting to come alive. PVH is one of the best performers uh, in the last quarter. They like, uh, they like uh, uh, people call it Capri, but and Capri. Uh, people, people call it both ways, but it's really Capri. And then I've got to tell you, uh, Carl, they are seeing uh, that there is a major resurgence in these apparel companies. And I know when you take a look at uh, Kohl's, Kohl's has really come on very strong, and they're using a lot of these branded apparel companies. Uh, they also got Sephora. We, uh, Kohl's got some positive numbers today. I'm looking at these also-ran uh, retailers that are becoming less and less also-ran. Look at that Kohl's chart. I mean, that's really good. When they got Sephora, I mean, remember, JCPenney had Sephora. That was a very big deal. I mean, Target went with Ulta. You were not. You were down on Kohl's for quite some time. Well, because they missed quarter after quarter. Yeah, you were. You were. Well, then they did well. <laughs> what? Search of what's working now. Well, wait, okay, so I'm going to stay negative when no, they start doing well? No, I'm not saying well? that. I'm just pointing out I didn't I, – I missed when you got positive. Well, when it reopened. No, when it reopened. No, that's not fair. The last quarter was very good. It was good. Yeah. I know. And, um, you know, look, I'm not going to take so that. Some of these – I mean, you saw the Limited's performance last year. L Brands? Yeah. 
Amazing. Sorry. L Brands, excuse L me. L Brands, thank you. amazing. And that is because Bath and Body Works, people want to be clean in a pandemic, David. Yeah. <laughs> After the sycamore deal. You know how they say happen. wash your hands? I mean, That's an L Brands was wash your hands. I mean, they did better for, uh, from public health than anybody. Remember, that was, I think, to the central part yep. of, uh, 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 of um, President Trump's strategy. Wash your hands. Yeah. Well, with the new more transmissible strain out there, continue to wash your hands. Um, what, Jim, do you know how you get that? You get it from other people. I know. I know. You get it in the air. But aerosol. 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 Apparently, the new more transmissible strain, I don't know, you can get it more easily. Well, that's why at Gritstone on last night, they've got a possible vaccine for the new transmissible. And I think it's very real. You need it. They're like the Moderna for a different... I start thinking about all these mutations. Um, can we talk a little Corteva, Jim? Uh, you, we, we talked about it off camera a little bit. Yeah, um, sure. Go ahead. Okay, thank you. Uh, Starboard no Value nominating eight directors. We had Jeff Smith on, of course, the Starboard, when they initiated this position, or at least announced publicly that they had the position. He actually joined us on air at the time. Uh, puts a letter out uh, this morning uh, taking aim at uh, really at the CEO uh, in particular. Uh, and I'll let me read you a quick uh, excerpt from it. While we've enjoyed our growing personal relationship with the board members willing to engage with us, idle talk without results or action no longer acceptable. After months of dialogue, we remain unsure as to why the board retains conviction in current leadership and have grown increasingly worried that the board's aversion to leadership change is symptomatic of a broader preference for comfort and the status quo. In particular, we've had significant difficulty reconciling the board's affinity for Jim Collins with his public track record in leadership position. So they're after Mr. Collins. But by the way, it's a fairly extensive slate, as you might imagine. And some names that, you know, we know this guy, James Galagli, remember him when he was at DuPont? The he DuPont. was a driver. Yeah. Uh, CEO of Lyndell uh, yeah. Chemical. Ellen Coleman brought him in. It was her undoing that she brought him in. I remember that. That's right. Uh, but he's part of that. Um, I mentioned Smith had joined us back in October when they publicly unveiled the position. Here's what he had to say at the time. By the way, it's been, as you see, a very good performer, but he continues to believe, I guess, that it can do even better. Take a listen. I mean, in short, we think it's a great business. We think it's um, recession resistant, highly stable. And we actually think that there's wind at the back um, of the company as it relates to revenue for the next several years. There's an opportunity for margin improvement as they're the lowest in the space at about 14 at about 14 percent. And we would say that they should be able to get to at least 23 percent in terms of operating margins. So we got that uh, that fight uh, getting ready to uh, really get uh, started in earnest. All right. Can I just tell you as much as I like Jeff Smith and he does high quality work? And yeah. I really I'm I'm prefacing this by saying I've never come out against Starboard. I've no, always you, felt they've done the right thing. That's, you, I, even to the point where they had Rick Hill come on when they were doing the initial They've been ones. very good in chips. But listen, they, but, but, uh, Bristol that, that, Myers, that, that, I thought, was ridiculous when yes. he tried to stop that deal. That made no sense. To yes. Me. But look, Jim Collins. OK, what has he done? Well, the stock's almost doubled. I regard that as positive. Uh, they've done well. They've been a little tracking corn, but they've done well. They've weathered two of the worst ag years on record. And when I went over FMC, which is the comp, David, they just pre-announced a really bad number. FMC is the comp. Let's look at FMC. That's the comp. And I regard that as being what we should be, what they should be shooting for. Now, FMC is a 7% organic and uh, Collins has a one percentage below that. But I don't know. I think that there's a lot of other guys to pick on, David. Other than Jim, other Jim, look, Collins is good. He's good to great. 
Jim Collins, of course, the authors who you're referring to, different Collins. But yeah, Can Jeff, I wish Jeff would pick on someone else. Interesting. And you know what? You'll see. Shareholders are going to obviously have a, 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 a voice here to decide that. But I like his board. You know, they, they, they go the, after a lot the of directors. put together is very good. Yeah. When Starboard moves, as we, of course, remember from the Darden when they that was unusual, of course, when they took over the entire board. And did great. Um, and, and it went and went worked out fairly well. Yeah. We should go back to core. Good. Okay, actually, we're going to check in with Bob as we uh, get record highs on the Dow and the Nasdaq. Morning, Bob. Record highs, but it's getting tougher to move the market forward. We've had quite a, a, a start to the year globally as well. And you'll see here it's uh, flattish today, essentially. And the breadth was not good yesterday. NASDAQ breadth was not good given the big moves up that we saw. So it's getting narrow. And that's an indication that the market is having some trouble moving forward. Just take a look at the sectors today. Uh, semiconductors have been the market leader today and throughout 2021, new highs every day on the big names there. Consumer discretionary also doing well. The banks have flattened out since earnings season came up, but uh, that's not surprised they're given the run-ups. Industrials have also flattened out uh, in the last month or so. Consumer staples are going nowhere in 2021. They're down about 4% uh, on the month. Uh, utilities and other defensive group not going anywhere. So here's the good news and bad news on everything. The good news is the markets are really roaring price-wise. We're up 15% since the election. The great triumvirate, I call it, of stimulus, vaccine rollout, and the reopening, the so-called reflation trade, as we call it. Those three factors pushing the markets uh, to new highs. Here's the bad news. We're really stretched, folks. I mean, on every metric you want to look at, valuation, 22 and a half times 2021 earnings for the S&P, that's really stretched. Sentiment, everybody's bullish, ridiculously bullish. Technicals are stretched as well. Let's not bore you with all the details. Suffice it to say, is that, does this matter? Yeah, it matters because it means the market is really stretched. There's very little room for error. If anything goes wrong on that great triumvirate, the stimulus, the vaccine rollout, the reopening not going well, it's going to be a problem because we don't have any room for it to sort of be forgiven. So the good news here, fourth quarter earnings. We're off to a very good start. We've got about 55 companies that have reported so far. The good news here, and by the way, this includes companies that have a November ending quarter. 87% are beating. That's really high. But it's the percentage of the beat that matters. 19%. Remember the third quarter, we had about 20% beats. They were beating by 20%. We need to see that again. The whole thesis is, oh, it doesn't matter if we're overstretched is because the analysts are wrong. They're underestimating the numbers are going to come up because they're going to beat the analyst estimates. They're too conservative. So far, the bulls are right on this. And this is one of the reasons the market has been holding up so well. We're continuing to get good beats, strong beats, and we need to have a lot of positive commentary on the first quarter and the second quarter. If that doesn't happen, it's going to pull back. Here's the bad news. Once we get the earnings reports, market's not doing much. The stocks aren't doing too much. Look at the bank stocks today. Some of those big names in the bank area really haven't moved at all today. And we've gotten some nice companies. They're good, decent reports from Fifth Third, Key, M&T, really haven't done too much. The other thing I want to point out, finally, is that there is a global rally going on. And the S&P, the, the U.S., is actually lagging in terms of where the global markets are. China's been roaring for the last several weeks and really a couple months. South Korea, Japan, even Europe is generally outperforming the United States. This is the last few weeks. also want to point out, David, emerging markets have been doing fabulous so far this year. And really the last couple of months, uh, as the dollar has been weaker, uh, you see, again, even outperforming the United States. And a lot of people have been arguing International is the place to be, David, in 2021. Remember, this is all out of dollar weakness. 
The dollar stopped going down in the last few weeks, and these haven't been performing as well, but that's really the key metric to keep an eye on, the strength of the dollar. David, back to you. We'll do that. Bob, thank you. Bob Bassani. Well, still to come right here, Union Pacific is out with its quarterly results this morning, and as usual, the company's CEO will join us. We'll find out what he'd like to see from the new Biden administration. But before we head to break, let's give you a look at how Treasuries are faring this morning in the bond report. Yields, as you see, relatively steady. Uh, jobless claims come in, in at 900,000 last week. December housing starts were much stronger than expected. Over in Europe, by the way, the ECB leaving interest rates and its key bond buying program unchanged. President Christine Lagarde saying the Eurozone economy likely contracted in the fourth quarter, adding the ECB, quote, stands ready to adjust its tools if the economic situation does not improve. And we'll finish off with a look at how the euro is reacting to the ECB news. Of course, you heard uh, Bob say the dollar has stopped uh, its recent plunge, really, in some ways when you look back. But there's a look at the euro over well, just the last couple of hours. We'll be right back. Take a look at uh, this uh, piece from the FT on Seth Klarman comparing investors to frogs in boiling water, Jim. He says, with so much stimulus being deployed, trying to figure out if the economy's in recession is like trying to assess if you had a fever after you, after you just took a large dose of aspirin. Well, I guess it's also the scorpion and the frog. I mean, you get halfway there. Look, these comments, are, uh, I have immense respect for Seth Klarman. But I often find that if you look back at what hedge fund managers have said, it's very different from what uh, individual investors should be doing. And uh, I'd say the vast majority of hedge fund managers have kept people out of one of the most amazing rallies I've ever seen. And it does not, uh, it behooves them to start thinking, well, wait a second, uh, investors can't, aren't as stupid as you think. Is it 1999? I, I don't know. But I will say this. I'm tired of denigrating the individual investor. I'm in contact with far more than, than uh, Seth Carmen. And I'm stunned and amazed at how much work they do and how well they've done. So I'm out of the game of trashing the little guy and the regular investor. David, they do so much work. They're trying so hard. And I really think that the, the, you know, the market's going to health thesis has made it so that people are in their chains. I am Marx and Engels when it comes to this stuff. Not Marty Engels, Marx and Engels. Well, there's an awful lot of them. Uh, and so they are having a great impact on the overall market and in particular names. And I think do, they do do a good deal of research in some areas. And in others, there's very speculative True. nature but to it. But let's stop denigrating the individual investor. They've done terrifically. Yeah, I really resent it. Carl. Yeah. Oh, we got, we got uh, highs at the open. Dow's gone negative and the S&P down just about a point. Don't go away. Take a look at some of the S&P gainers. We talked about travelers, but check out some of the home builders in there as well as housing starts up 5.8. We were only looking for eight tenths, and that has a Lennar and D.R. Horton vying for number two and three. Back in a minute. Time for Jim and stop trading. There's a travesty going on. It's the reaction to Union Pacific stock after a perfectly good quarter. You'll be speaking to Lance Fritz. He's got tremendous efficiency gains. Remember, we are in a incredible COVID-induced slowdown. Let's not forget that. Who knows how well this company can do when things get started? My prediction is 
stock will be down. And then after Lance speaks, people start buying it and it ends up going higher. Congratulations once again. He's quite a gent. I really like his work. Yeah, uh, volumes up uh, in the green. Uh, first time since yeah. COVID began. We'll talk to Lance later on this morning, Jim. And How be, about tonight? Uh, well, just be sure to ask him about ESG because he's more forward-looking than almost any CEO I talk to. Tonight, I've got Weed Map. I mean, people have been asking for both SPACs. I know David follows me closely on SPACs. And uh, they also uh, follow me on Weed. That's right. People feel I'm too negative on cannabis. Give me a break. I, I have favored canopy growth. And then Rick Smith. Now, people might remember him for Taser. He's much more than that. It's an ecosystem, and it's been a fabulous stock, and he gets paid how well the stock does. I like that kind of incentive. I like this show. Uh, we covered a lot of ground, and, but the most important thing, once again, is read the president's white paper on the vaccine, and you'll sense that there is something called a policy, and it's a joy to have policy. Uh, that's going to be a big theme for us, Jim, in the coming yeah. days, uh, how this comes together. We'll see you tonight. Mad Money with Jim Cramer, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 